we're going to get to talking about what our show is and we're going to get to talking about the topic of our show. But before we do, they're just recasting Spider-Man left and right, huh? Oh, Have man. Have you seen this? Yeah. Have you seen this new, this new guy that they put the face on for the new game? For, for, not even the new game, for the old game that they've made new. I have, I have a question for you. Yes. So, obviously, there have been a lot of unfunny, uninteresting, and I'll call it, I'll say it, bad uh, statements that people have made sort of towards Insomniac Games about this new change uh, to their fake Spider-Man. And, and I, I believe Insomniac has come out and said that the reason they made the change was so that it could uh, match voice actor performance man Yuri Lowenthal, uh, that they could match his face a little bit better. Mm-hmm. I would say, looking at pictures of the two of them, I would say, okay, I can sort of see where that went. However, have you seen like the side by sides of Tom Holland and this new Spider-Man? I have, I have, and it's it's a little close. It's a it's a little close. So I guess my question for you is, if you had to cast a new Spider-Man, at, like like for a game, and so again, it's not it's not one to one, but it's like close enough. Who would you pick? I have three. I have one, and it's it's a definitive answer. Danny DeVito. So sounds like you, Justin. Here's the thing. Yeah. I'm all for playing and having fun here right. on the show. I need you to. Can you come here for a thing? Yeah. I'm, okay. You, closer. Just, you, closer. Justin. Justin, can you pull together for one fucking second, and just and not be and not do, this Danny DeVito garbage? All right. I'm I'm out here saying, a young Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Well, Wouldn't you love that? I would love that. That that would be nice. But I don't know if we can. It also invented time machine. I'm just going for the full schlobby version of Spider-Man with a Danny DeVito. So just like a small, just a little ball of a man, huh? Yep. I would say, so I have three. I do okay. have three. I right. mentioned that before. Who do you got? So like, and, and so these are all all young, like like I would like to see based off younger images of these these actors. So, so we have a young Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I think he'd be perfect. He's got that kind of everyman face, but also kind of like, he's got that charm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the next two are have like spider-man relations i would say like a like young jake gyllenhaal he was going to be he was going to replace toby Maguire in the old movies uh, i think he would be great to see uh, in a video game in that way or uh, topher grace as well from uh that 70s show i think and then you know he was obviously venom eddie brock yeah. and venom yeah. in uh in spider-man 3 which i think topher grace wants to forget about but i try to forget about it too <laughs> <laughs> those are my picks. That's what I would. I think those are those are pretty it. good ones. I, I think, I think the the more interesting question would be like when we are doing a Spider Man when we have an adult Spider Man. What's the adult Spider Man we want to cast for that? Because we're all with the young Spider Mans. That's all right, we right. ever see. And then you know we have to like pretend that Tobey Maguire is like a twenty year old man <laughs> when yes, clearly he's yes. not. I like watching that movie because it just very proudly says this is what a high schooler is. And it's like <laughs> in this swing and a miss. <laughs> yeah. So to answer your question, I would say Danny DeVito. Mic drop. End segment. End segment. Welcome to Hitbox. <laughs> Welcome to Hitbox. This is a podcast where me and my good friend Justin talk about video games, all things past, present, and future. My name is Peter Hunt Spitek. That's at Peter Spitek on Twitter. Good luck spelling that motherfucker. <laughs> and then <laughs> Sorry, I'm coming out. I feel kind of. You're hot kinda, today. You're hot. You're angry. Yeah. I'm. I'm feeling kind of fun. Kind of. Kind of flirty. Oh, that's, that's. Those are sort of different vibes, aren't they? Well, that's not the vibe I was getting. <laughs> 
and then and uh, with me this week, as always, as every single week, it would be a sad it would be a sad podcast if I had to do it by myself. Uh, Justin Makovich. <laughs> Hello. You know, you could just like not put my audio track in and edit it, so it'd just be yourself, and it would just it would seem almost normal. So there are, as I edit, this is sort of pulling the curtain back just a little bit. As I edit, there are certain times when, uh, when I, after I've been doing it for a while, where I'll look at the, I'm just staring at these, you know, the the track files, which are just like waves of audio. I'm like, oh, cool. I'm about to talk for like six whole minutes here. I wonder if it's going to be interesting. It's about Pokemon. All right. I guess let's hear what I have to say about Pokemon. And then, and then similarly, it's like, oh, cool, Justin's about to talk. It's about Xenoblade Chronicles. All right. 20 minutes let's of hear, that. Let's hear what he has to say about Xenoblade Chronicles. Do, do you ever, like, you could just theoretically re-record what you said, and then I'd react to whatever you said initially. So you could just say whatever you wanted, and I'd have to react to it the same way. You have the power of the editor to make, I do. To make me react to whatever. Sometimes I, if you don't, like if I have like something that I said that not necessarily a joke, but maybe something I thought was maybe clever, I'll find a laugh of yours. This is true. I'll find a laugh of yours and I'll sort of copy and paste it, but like change it up just a little bit with an effect uh, so that it makes it sound that like you laughed. If you want, I can uh, just record. I'm not proud of that. I can record hours of me laughing if you want. Can you give me like three clean laughs real quick? Like right now? Like this, this one is a, is a kind of like, like a polite one. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay great so that's so that's yeah that's kind of like that's true. a polite one uh this is the one that is just a little too much <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good thank you yeah uh that was just the one that was a little too much right um, right and then this is the one of me laughing that this is like th- what we said was too real and too funny for me to actually laugh at but i'm laughing at it anyway so you almost can't hear me laughing but i am laughing okay you ready for got this it, one? Got it, got it. yeah here yep it's subtle. It's subtle. I yeah, like but it's it. there. So gonna... It's still there. It's still there. Well, I appreciate you giving me that. It's sort of a template for me uh, in the future. So that is a gift to Peter, who's the the, the version of myself in the many universes of, or whatever, who's editing the show right now. So uh, he and I thank you both. Or thank, <laughs> thank you both. That was weird. It sort of got away from me a little bit. Almost like you're Justin, in a different quantum reality. Almost as if I'm in a different quantum reality. Um was that a reference to quantum break? Is that what you're is that where you're going with that? We're leading with a quantum break reference? I, I guess we are, technically. Multiple realities, all the different worlds, places, different, different timelines. Planes. Sure. Yeah. That that makes a lot of sense. Before we talk about quantum break, <laughs> which we, we got I was not planning on I was not planning on talking about it a lot. I was pro- I thought it was gonna get mentioned sort of in our discussion today about control but um i don't i didn't brush up on my quantum break lore <laughs> i think the guy um pippin from the lord of the rings is in it not pippin mary mary's in it and then also the concierge from john wick is there as well and that's that's what i remember about quantum break uh you're forgetting the ice man the who ice man sean ashmore oh What's the Iceman? From the X-Men. Yes, he is. Yeah, yeah. He also, that was a big get for them. Yeah. He also plays uh, Lamplighter in The Boys Season 2, uh, which I highly recommend you seeing. Okay, cool, cool, um, cool. So then, so you've been watching that. Before we get into our, our controlling topic. <laughs> 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 so 
this is one of those places I'm going to edit in more of your laughter. Okay, just have uh, it <laughs> 10 minutes of yeah, me yeah, laughing. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so um, what, what else have you been playing other than watching The Boys? All right. For this week's hitbox sound, I literally oh, yes, ha- I have I, a prop. Oh, my god. Like gosh. normal, but it's, oh, it's kind of like a box, more of a container. I want you to listen okay. to it. What does that sound like? Is that a zipper? That is, is a, a zipper. Cart? But a zipper what is... to what? What's inside of the zipper? <gasps> um... Xbox Elite. Oh, your brand new, my your brand, brand new, shiny new controller. spanking, almost two hundred dollars Xbox Series Two Elite controller, and boy, was this thing worth every penny. Is it? Is it nice? It is so nice. Like, I I don't want to talk hyperbole uh, too much here, but I I think most people would sit and agree that even, like, hardcore PlayStation fans, that there's something about the Xbox controller that just fits nice in your hand. It's just such a nice controller. But this controller, it's like that plus the next level. Um, it, 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 it is the perfect weight, the grips on the side, the little, they have on the back, they have the little like uh, paddles that basically mm. map buttons and you can kind of con- set and map them for whatever you want. Um, and it's really easy to kind of, there's three like presets that you can have. So you can have different programmed buttons for each game you want to play and just change it by a little click of a button. Uh, and it just feels so good in your hands. Like, I the I was I was every game I was playing um on my computer this week I was I was playing with this controller and it just feels so satisfying to just move around with it. It's so good. So what have you been playing on that controller? Uh well I've been playing um Alan Wake. <laughs> That's the, yeah. the game I've been mostly playing with this. Um but I, I, I played a little bit of Fortnite on it, just a couple of like things just to see how like how it felt and it feels mm. good. Um but the the game I've actually been playing uh the most that isn't um, based on our topic of this week, would actually be Smash Brothers Ultimate. I've been going back to that. Really? I and I when they uh, announced the new Minecraft character, Minecraft Steve, right? It's Minecraft Steve mm-hmm. is that his name? Um, well, it's Steve, and and then I don't remember the like the the woman adventurer lady, and then the Enderman, and then I think a zombie or something. But yeah. they all play the same. Yeah, right? they all it's play the same. Skins. It's just like a different skin, oh, okay, cool. and I think they have like they probably have even like different shades of those individual right, ones right, right. or whatever but um that's coming out i believe the 14th of october don't quote me on that mm-hmm. but sometime in october um and i just was kind of getting back into it i went back got all my spirits that that i had missed for events because i really probably play this game um frequently when they announce new characters and then i'll play it sure. like on and off for a month but you know just getting back into the, that game it's such a good game um i wish i was better at it and i'm not bad but like yeah. When you watch those pros play and they're like just ridiculous with it, it just kind of hurts my brain a little bit. <laughs> so here's a story about Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. So it's two years ago and years ago. I'm in college and a friend of mine who I had sort of just met texts where he gives me a call and he's like, hey man, what are you doing right now? I was like, well, I'm in the I'm in the coffee shop. I'm just you know wrapping up some homework and then... I don't know, just planning on relaxing. He's like, okay, so there's a Super Smash Bros. tournament going on right now that I'm entered in. And so he and I had met because we played Smash once before. That's how, like, I had met him. And so he's like, I'm entered in this Smash Bros. competition. The second time I've ever played it was when I played it with you. You have to come take my spot. Oh, no. (laughs) And I was like, oh, okay. I mean, yeah, I I like Smash Bros. Sure, I'll I'll do it. Uh, I was like, what, uh, like, how long do I have to get there? He goes, like, you've got, like, six minutes. So because he said very specifically like six minutes, I thought they were playing on time. So I was like, oh, cool. This is not a 
this is not like a super competitive tournament if they're not playing with stock. So I show up, I, you know, I pack my bag up, I go over and everyone at this tournament is there to play smash and they all have their custom controllers. They all have all of this stuff. And so I'm slotted to go second and I'm sitting there with, with him and, and he's like, all right, Peter, I'm going to be honest with you. You seem like a pretty regular guy, so I'm going to assume that you're not very good at Smash Bros. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay, okay, I got this. Like maybe, maybe it's not so bad. So they're doing like three stock, and the first, the first tier that go, like the first matchup that goes, it is insane. They're all using these tactics that I've never seen before. It was, it was crazy. It was crazy. So I was like, oh, this looks bad for me. So I sit down. It's my turn to go. And the guy before me was like, oh, hey, yeah, I actually I changed the controls, so I, I did some custom settings, so you can just go ahead and change those back. And I was trying to cool. not, like, play my hand, like, show my hand and say, like, oh, I'm not going to be very good at this. <laughs> but that in that moment, I was, like, oh, in no. front of everyone, I was like, how do I do that? <laughs> <laughs> so not only did I not am I not good at Smash, but I don't know it well enough to even know where the settings are. So I've changed the settings. And I was thinking about, like, what if I put like random for character? What oh kind of like God. a power move would that have been? <laughs> like I'm just like, yeah, I'll do whatever. I'll kick. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll fight you no matter what. So, but I didn't do that. I picked uh, my go-to Marth. In in from the back of the room, I just hear some guy go, "Ha, Marth!" <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, okay, no, it's fine. I get destroyed. Like it wasn't even close. It wasn't even funny. I was the guy was Toon Link and he destroyed me. It, it was so fast. I didn't even know what to, what to do. So that was, I think, actually might have been the last time I've played Smash Bros. Oh no! Did it ruin you? <laughs> oh no! No, I mean, I just, I just don't think I picked it up again. But um, yeah, yeah. I, apparently, Marth is a bad character, but I thought he was okay. So yeah, depending on what tier list you're looking at and what game, he used to be more viable in the other versions, but in Ultimate, he is not one of the top tier. Anyway, but um, yeah. <laughs> the I, I think one of the great things about Ultimate is it is, like, on a competitive level, it's impossible to play. Like, I, I'm never going to mm-hmm. pretend I'm, I'm one of those, like, best players ever, but I think the the thing I love about that game is it gives you reason to come back when they release new characters with yeah. new spirits. They have events and things like that. That just gives you a reason to come back and play. And there's really unlimited amount of things you can do in that game. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm a huge fan of it. Dang. Yeah, I, I have not dipped back in in a minute. But maybe I should to see what this whole Steve thing's about. Steve. And I haven't, I haven't even tried Joker or anything. Like, it's I've not touched it since I got... That was two years ago. So yeah. <laughs> I've been playing uh, Resident Evil 2 Remake. I talked about that a little bit last week. Hey, that game's, that game's good. I'll say it. That, that game is very good. Uh, as someone who has played... I played with Elena, and she asked me, because I, I know a lot about Resident Evil. She's like, have you played all of these? And I was like, N- yeah, maybe, yeah. Hold on. I, I've played more than maybe deserve it. Because, uh, you know, I've played Resident Evil 4. That's a good one. I played all of Resident Evil 5. I hated it from the... I played it when I was a kid too, and like before you even can understand that like games and things you like, like things that you can do can be bad, and I didn't like it then. Um, So that game didn't deserve it. I played all of Resident Evil Six the day that came out. (laughs) The day it came out, I had it. I don't know why, but I think my older brother had it. Um, Also a bad game, Resident Evil Seven. Hey, that's that right there. That's a certified good game. Uh, But Resident Uh, Evil Two is good. It's it's pretty spooky. I think there's nothing scarier than giving showing me a zombie. And saying shoot it, and I shoot it in the head, and then it's like not even bothered a little bit by it, and then the game goes, 
good luck, and then walks away. Yeah, I'm going to be controversial here and say that I think out of all the Resident Evil games that can be remade, I think Resident Evil 2 is probably the one that is is the best suited for the how to upgrade it with how the gameplay mm-hmm. is because it is still kind of like very spooky but like when they upgrade it with better with controls that aren't tank controls and you're like doing a shooter the game is like weird but it's not too weird and then the other yeah. resident evil start to get a little bit too weird and too action heavy so like even resident evil 4 one of the best games of all time i think it'll be improved with better controls but like at a certain point the story is so bonkers crazy when you get to the yeah. end of it that it's it, just like Upgrade upgrading this the graphics of this game is not going to make this any less whack. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> like, you're like on a mine cart going through shooting people off ledges with <laughs> Ashley as she's in night armor. It's like right. what is going on here? Yeah. Um Yes, that's what I've been playing. But um let's talk about our topic for today. Now, we're a little bit late talking about control, but here's the thing. They just released a new DLC. And there have been all sorts of stuff talking about it going to the next gen and, and all that kind of stuff. So I think that it still has merit to talk about. And also I want to talk about it because I've been playing it for the past like three weeks. And I think it's very good. You think and, it's and very I, good? Yeah. Well, I, Do you know how sometimes like you start playing a game you're like, oh, this is great. Yeah. And then you keep playing it and you're like, well, maybe it's not great. And then that's sort of like you, you'll either end by saying like maybe it wasn't that good or you end by being like, I've actually come around on this again, and oh, it's, it's good. I think Control is pretty good. You played it, what, like when it came out, yeah, right? Yeah, I, I played the initial thing when it came out, and then I've been mm-hmm. keeping up to date with the DLC for the most part. Haven't finished the the last part of DLC yet, but I've, I've started it in a couple weeks ago, um, like when got it first it, came it. out. But um, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, t- so tell me, what do you think of Control? I think if you had to, if you had to like put it on one, how, like, how do you feel about it? Well, I'm going to kind of start with a very general statement that we can probably expand upon a little bit later in this, but um, it is the best remedy game ever. Mm, Interesting. (laughs) Like to start with a lot of quantum break fans are going to be coming at your door. (laughs) Well, I I would also, I would also sit here and say that uh, quantum break would be my second favorite um, remedy game. (sighs) Uh, in general but again we'll we'll talk more about remedy as a whole later but i think uh the 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 reason that this game is remedy's best work is because it's a great mixture of their weird storytelling with great Mm -hmm. gameplay plus fun exploration and a lot of world and lore building um that is uh, i think really part of the draw of this game is just the entire Mm -hmm. world that it's going in uh, but like again, the gameplay is fun, like really yep. fun. The combat is fun going through, being Jesse, floating around, learning your powers, like all of that stuff is really fun to do. So uh, even you know story things aside, like you know, is it the best story ever? No, but I feel like the story with the gameplay put together makes it just a good experience, and it's a fun game to play. You know, something interesting about the story is I think that it has an extremely solid opening especially in in terms of getting like creating intrigue and making you wonder like what because you know so you show up to the to the bureau and no oh by the way uh this is going to be like super spoiler heavy so if you've not played control and have interest in it uh, interest in the story or any of any anything else about this game just go play it it's I, i've at least from if if I were to sum up a review, I would say play it. You'll you it's pretty good. Yeah, I, would, I think you agree? I, I think you you got to play it. Um, in terms of thinking about like what 
2019 gaming is. I feel like there's so many good things about this game that there are some mm-hmm. negatives, uh, but the the negatives I I think definitely don't even come close to outweighing the positives to this game. I totally agree. Cool. So now that you've played Control, welcome back. Um, so you show up. <laughs> so you show up. Uh, you know, at the bureau, and no one's there. And you're walking around, and you find the janitor Ati. And he tells you some weird stuff, and you're like, okay, this is kind of weird. And then new doors are opening up left and right, and you go in them, and then you find, you hear the gunshot go, you find Director Trench on the floor, you pick up his gun, and then it's like, boom, you're in the astral plane. And that, all of that together in like, what's that, like 30 minutes, not even, it's so weird, and it's so like, there, you have so many questions that are forming in your brain basically as all these things are going you're like okay well who's the janitor why are they the only one here where did everyone go why is why did this guy shoot himself what it, it starts to just expand into this like the, these you start asking yourself all these questions that are not boring to find the answer to does that does that make sense or am I sounding crazy no 100 percent and the answers to them are interesting and oftentimes raise new questions not in a frustrating way where it's like, well, I just don't know what's going on. Cause I mean, you don't, but it's, it's almost like, okay, so I've grasped this concept. What about the janitor? And I finished the game. I'm almost done with the second DLC. I don't even know what's up with the janitor. <laughs> <laughs> Other than he was really spooky and gave, and I did unlock a fun costume where now I'm a janitor, but uh, I feel like jumping to the janitor outfit when talking about this game is maybe not like the first cool thing to talk about. I mean, it just like, I think the way that the game handles intrigue and mystery is extremely interesting. Is kind of a weird word because there's almost nothing less interesting to say than the word interesting, but things, I think interesting things. That's a bad combo. Right. Right. Cause those are two just very broad. Yeah. Uninteresting Stuff. things to say. Yeah. But I, I think that the way it handles intrigue is so, it really, it really sticks with you, and it reminds me a lot of, do you remember in the fifth Harry Potter book, they go to the government, you, uh, I see that you're pulling up the book right there. Yeah, do you have a page number? Uh, yeah, 408 through, I think, 524 was If you're was anywhere wrong. close to being correct with this. <laughs> It was at the end. I don't know how long that book uh, is. No, this, this is pretty long. Yeah, this book is a really long one. So I'm currently, yeah. I'm at the Lion and the Serpent chapter. Um, so you are not right. I was going to say, I don't brush, even remember a lion. Brush up on your Harry Potter. I guess so. What's the name of the government? The, uh, the Ministry of Magic. So they go to the Ministry of Magic and they go into the Mystery Department. And that is what this whole game is. <laughs> oh, where yeah. like, do you, know what I'm, do you know what I'm saying? Where they see all these things and they're like... I mean, in the game, you see all these things. You're like, "What is that? Should I touch it?" And then you touch it, and it's like, "Oh, you shouldn't have touched that. That was so bad. <laughs> like, you've messed so much. Up. You've messed so many things up." But yeah, I think I think your exp- your your connection to Harry Potter is perfect, actually, with this game because a lot of Harry Potter, like how we v- how the Muggles view the real world, um, with all these unexplained events. A lot of peep times, the magic people can explain it with magic, but there's right. plenty of magic that the magic people don't even really understand, and that's like this game. It's like all the stuff that the smart government people don't really understand. They just kind of put in this building and then try to understand it, but they don't really understand it. It's really cool. I, well, I, I like a lot of finding a lot of the logs that are like, yeah, so you know, we don't really get what, what's up with this. And I remember reading a lot of those and being like, bro, it's your job. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like that's on you, but... Uh, I, I think that it asks a lot of 
very interesting questions. Um, not even on purpose entirely. There's a section where they're talking about uh, the astronauts, which are the people who go into the astral plane and you know come back and talk about it and whatever. And they they had talked about how they are. I think they said their bodies don't physically leave when they send them to the astral plane, but they experience the world in in such a way where they can touch things. And uh, I think they said they brought some certain things back into the, uh, the regular world. And someone said, I think it was Dr. Darling said, but at the end of the day, that's how all of existence is. Like you experience the world just from your own perspective. And you know, how do you know that anything actually is real? And I was sitting there thinking about that really hard. And that was just one like throwaway line of dialogue. And I was just like sitting, contemplating my entire life playing this game, being like, yeah, I guess that is what all of existence sort of wraps up to be, huh? Yeah, I think I think you're hitting on why this this story is so great. And I know you initially said that it starts off great, but there was a dot, dot, dot there. But I think on a very basic level, the story is you are trying to find your brother and what happened yep. to your brother. And then that's the very basic through line that if you don't engage in anything else, that's still the through line that keeps you through and is interesting enough to make you want to keep playing. But then you start to really dig into the weirdness that's surrounding Mm -hmm. this. And they have a lot of interesting things involved. I use things again. (laughs) It's really hard to explain a lot of this stuff that's talking about like quantum realities and like the astral plane. But there's all this interesting stuff that it's weird. It's odd. But it's all based on like real kind of psych, not psychological, but like real... Um, I don't even know what the the philosophical the, the, theology like mental yeah. things and like uh, it's it's so interesting when you start to dive into that because even just like thinking about you said going to the astral plane that is a deep dive to understand right, like right. what exactly that is and what's happening and all that stuff involved with it so on a very like deep level if you want to get into all of this stuff and really get an idea about philosophy um, and what is real and what is not does it matter like what are multiple worlds happening at the same time and all this stuff that you can really start to get into these mind experiments uh but that's also layered in kind of perfectly with the basic story that you have in a way that mm-hmm. is just so interesting and engaging that when something is weird and uncomfortable, there's explanations for the weird and uncomfortable, not answers. Right, right. <laughs> there's definitely not answers, no, no. but it, it leads you to more questions and makes you think. And there is a logic to this weirdness. Um, whereas we're talking about Capcom, a lot of the, that there's no logic to that weirdness and what happens yeah, in like right. Resident Evil four sometimes like, but there is logic here for all of this stuff. And I think it's so brilliant when you really start to, to once you finish the game and start asking these questions, once you read these logs and go through all this stuff, it's really interesting. Well, something I think that you sort of hit on there as well is like, I mean, I, we, we've sort of been dancing around this, but the whole atmosphere of the game is so interesting because it's not, it, it reminds me also, so, you know, I referenced Harry Potter just, you know, a few minutes ago. It also reminds me a lot of like the X-Files um, in the way that that TV show, have you ever watched that show? My mom used to like tape it. We have VHSs, boxes of VHSs with the X Files on them. So that's awesome. Yeah, that's exactly how they would have wanted you to watch that <laughs> box of VHSs. No, I'm serious. So, so that show is so like, it's not horror. It's not scary, but it is like, it, I would call it. It feels dangerous, you know, because because there's all these like, yeah, there's all these weird things that go on that there's not great 
answers for, but there's explanations for, but it's not horror, but it is kind of spooky. And, and when you think about it too hard, it's like, well, I got to go to bed, I think. Uh, <laughs> oh, you know? my God. So, like, and, like, with all these, like, objects of powers, when you're, like, finding out, like, what they do to people and, like, how the Bureau is doing things to try to control these objects of power, it yeah. some of the stuff is really messed up and, like, really not cool. <laughs> and, like, but it's not presented in a way that is meant for you to feel like it's a horror game. It's no, just no. deeply unsettling, um, creepy, but not horror. Yeah, I think I think creepy is the word to describe it. I, I I think to my understanding, like the definition of creepy is like when you feel creeped out, it's because your brain can't decide if something is scary or not. And I think that that is pervasive throughout this entire game where you're like, I don't know if I'm supposed to be afraid of this. But I mean, that is like a human being who got morphed into like a dragon. Yeah, I thought you were gonna say. So the definition I don't like of that. Creepy is Danny DeVito. That's a callback. Danny DeVito's Spider Man. Is that what you're? <laughs> <laughs> End of joke. <laughs> no, no, but yeah, like I, I totally agree with that. Like the, the some of the weird stuff that is happening to people is just it's just it messed up. But like the yeah. I think the the weird the weird thing about it is the people at the bureau aren't creeped out by it they just treat it like it's business as usual yes they are they are perfectly okay with like oh yeah all your friends got turned into demons and it's like oh well i guess sue from internal affairs is no longer gonna come to my christmas party. yeah like like, like that's the reaction to this kind of stuff and you're like um okay i guess i guess you're right about that but what about like their life (laughs) (laughs) there's a great um langston langston is the guy who's in charge of the panopticon which is where they keep all of the um altered items and there's a lot of dialogue with him he's a weird he's kind of a weird guy but uh, there's a lot of dialogue with him where he's like yeah i gotta call my neighbor so she can feed my cat because i don't think we're going home pretty soon huh (laughs) and it's like that's what you're thinking about right now you know like like it's exactly what you're saying where it's like oh these people this is not bothering i mean obviously it's not great yeah but this is kind of like well another day at the fbc you know um but I think that the atmosphere that surrounds this game is so interesting, and even a lot of the stylistic choices, it's very, it's very, like, it's not, it's not, not, it's not uncolorful. But a lot of the colors that they're using are grays and blacks and whites that are then cut through with red and orange, and those are obviously in the hiss the you know the main enemies of the game but also with stuff like jesse's hair or um uh, like a lot of the carpeting is is very like red like angular patterns and stuff it's it's pretty interesting and i think that it has a very unique visual style to the point where like i don't think it, it is it is uniquely control i would say does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. And it's like this this weird melding of like 80s, 70s, 80s office culture with yeah. um, modern technology, but also kind of like unexplained like mystery with very like cube-like structures appearing out of nowhere mm-hmm. and um, like how light is in this game. So interesting um, how they like make everything look in the shadows and it, it's... Just a really cool overall, I think, atmosphere. I think it wears a lot of its like inspirations on its sleeve as well. Do, like they, they talked about how they are extremely, they were extremely inspired by that scene in the first Matrix, of uh, where oh gosh, where they enter the office building. Yeah, where, where towards the end, where where they go through the security 
you know, and they're like blowing stuff up like in the marble um, entrance way, yeah. you know what I'm talking about? Uh, and I think that that is, it's totally spot on. And I think they capture like moment to moment gameplay, like at least the combat captures that feeling of like everything's blown up there's papers flying everywhere oh my gosh the desk i was hiding behind just exploded <laughs> like can, can it's I, cool you you just brought up that scene for the matrix and i gotta be honest mm-hmm. every time like neo like basically grabs that cord and like saves the day at the end of that scene after he does like the initial flip i get the biggest goose pimples in the world it's just that's <laughs> such a good scene uh thanks whoa. for bringing me there thanks for you bringing know, me there. he says he says whoa yeah. he says guns <laughs> Lots of guns. Or how he says, um, I know Kung Fu. You know? Or how he says, um, first, I'm going to give you the finger. Then, I'm going to get my phone. That's my. I'm really bad at this. No, it's I great. Just, I keep think, going. I'm, I'm, this is great. Uh, remember, remember when Morpheus says, uh, if you're going to hit me, then hit me. And then they have like a big punch fight. Um, I think actually that the Morpheus impersonation was the best one yet. <laughs> That's sad. That's what are you doing? <laughs> Neo, get over here. I don't, I don't remember any of the lines. Tank, get it. We need it. Get us out, Tank. <laughs> it's a good movie. Anyway, um, speaking of movies and and film, something that I really like about Remedy Games is there. Um, there's a big asterisk next to that. Something that I liked about this particular Remedy game is their inclusion of live action like video within a video game. Every time, I think every single time you interact with uh, Dr. Darling, you I don't think you ever, because you never meet him in the actual game, but you always find these audio logs and video logs of him talking and doing st- random things. And, and I mean, obviously it's usually pertaining to the story and, and whatever, but it's always a real actor. And I think that it's so interesting to see that juxtaposed with, um, you know, like, cg characters and stuff but it it makes it seem as if like okay this is really important it was so important that they actually filmed it so let's sit down and pay attention and it also because again you never talk to him you never meet him in the actual game he is like this character that you feel like you really know really well and i think that the fact that it's a real human face talking to you is extremely helpful with that i i think i think we're to the point now like and i agree with you about how you get more from their face when it's live action. I feel like that mm-hmm. was more of the case like five years ago when, when things weren't good. Yeah. Like we've seen games that have awesome facial capture abilities and like mm-hmm. there's really good ways to emote people to really like buy their emotions. Um, but I think like the thing about the live action and this one and the live action and most rem- remedy games is that it adds to that unsettling nature about everything yeah. because there is this disconnect between looking at the screen and seeing a real person and then not being seeing that real person. And they also do those creepy cuts throughout those videos when they'll like do like weird like they'll do weird things when they'll like show like a random reaction about someone or they do it at different angles or sometimes yeah. they'll do things like when they're filming like straight on and they'll cut to another thing when it's like behind them and like showing the other there's like weird just unsettling like imagery and speaking of live action things that are unsettling the threshold kids uh, okay okay here's the thing i'm sit so it's 3:55 p.m. I'm sitting in an office. It's pretty well lit. You just said that. And my whole body was like, <laughs> every single time I know. Okay. Okay. Can you give it a summary of what it is real quick? And then I'll talk about my. It's like this weird like puppet show that's meant to like explain uh, complicated 
quantum physics things and thought experiments to children. But the way it's done, it's just so creepy. Like at any moment, I'm expecting like the the puppet to come out of the screen and just like walk towards my character. It's so scary. Here's okay. So here's the thing. So I was like, I should probably watch these because, you know, they are trying to, like, this is going to help explain what exactly all this is for me because I'm a child. And I, well, I, like, definitely won't be able to understand it if I don't, under, if I don't have to watch it in a puppet show. But it reminds me of, like, those old creepy pastas that I used to read as a kid that would, like, keep me literally awake at night in the sense where it's like, okay, so we're going to just get a hard cut of, like, like a, like an, an open wound or something like that. Or like one of the puppets is going to be like cutting the hand off of another human being. You know what I mean? Like it was just, I, I would get them, I would open them and I would immediately turn them off because it just, it freaks me out so much. Again, it's broad daylight right now. And I'm sitting here. And when you said that my whole body kind of like tensed up and ugh, ugh, it's so it's creepy. It's, it's weird. And they film it to be creepy too. Cause like a character will say something and then they'll just like do like, a five-second reaction shot of a character slowly turning towards the camera yeah, and never say anything. And, no. like, it's clearly done in a way to just mess with your mind. <laughs> uh, speaking of speaking of creepy and spooky and also um, threatening auras, Dylan Faden, mm. again, spoilers, we're, we're deep in there. When we, do, when we do catch up with Dylan Faden, he is, he reminds me a lot of, Hannibal Lecter from you know the Silence of the Lambs, where you are only interacting with him. I've actually have not seen Silence of the Lambs because I'm a big baby. Uh, so uh, that, maybe that this one's is good. Not... The Hannibal and the other ones are, are arguably a little bit more gross than anything, but Silence of okay. the Lambs is pretty good. Okay, so but you you are interact like I know him from I know that movie from you know the scene where he's talking to. The woman, the red-haired woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and they're kind of on opposite sides of glass, Sorry. and um, and that it, it's the similar way where it's like, Dylan, why are you so creepy? Why are you doing that? Stop it! I'm your sister. Stop being gross and weird. Yeah, I think Dylan is really interesting. the The character that Dylan reminds me of is uh, Doctor Manhattan from Watchmen. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. Because like he's all seeing. Like mm-hmm. he sometimes will mention events that that are yet to happen or currently happen, but he speaks like they're all happening in the same time, and he'll like do things like mention the player kind of and like say like a lot of just like really creepy and suddenly things like there's someone watching us right now, they're sitting in the room looking at what I'm saying, they see everything, they know, and, and you're just kind of like um when you're like oh that's me oh no that's and then me. you like look ah. around the room and you're like is yeah. am I uh, am I being watched right now what's going on. Well, I think I think his presence in the game is it comes at the perfect time because it like you you meet up with him like uh, maybe I'm wrong about this but like like sixty seventy five percent of the way through the game after and, you meet him after the pen, pen, op, op, Penopticon yeah because he lives he lives there and then you show up and he's gone but they've got him yeah. back by your house or whatever not your house by the um, safe zone central executive yeah. that's what they call it. Um, but so when you meet up with him, I think it comes at a perfect time because it's it, not that the game is wearing thin, but I think that you start to be like, okay, let, I get what's going on. Let's, let's, you know, see, okay, well, let's meet the brother. Fine. He's going to be a regular guy. Right. And then no, he's really spooky. And he talks to you like you, he's going to eat you kind of <laughs> like, not, not actually, but he he's very like predatory. It sort of feels like over you. And I, I, I think that it really, that his presence in the game 
is felt in a very drastic way, in a way that is needed at the point when like you're starting to wind down on the game. So is that going back to the thing about why you said like the story starts off good and then it kind of no so so i mean i just i think that it the opening of the story is the best that the story gets mm-hmm. uh I, I think that it's a good story throughout but i i don't think that it holds that like whoa what because I, I mean as all mysteries go the more you learn about them the less like intriguing they mm-hmm. are and um but but I mean I don't think it's a bad story. Okay, I yeah, yeah. Holds... because I think I, I I think that by the time we get to the end of the story and the resolution to the main campaign mm-hmm. is just a little sudden. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but um, it's it's cool. I mean I think a lot of the here's what's cool about the game is that there are each of the different places that you go are so different and are so distinct, and even at the end. Yeah, okay, the enemies start, all sort of start to blend together a little bit. Obviously, they all have their different... There's, like, all these different enemies, but, like, fighting them is ultimately all the same. You either throw stuff at them or you hit them with your rocks or you shoot them with your gun. And the guns are all regular guns that you've used in every other video game before. But the different, like, set pieces and moments, they, they don't, like... They don't stop. And I think they get cooler and cooler and cooler. I think the standout one for me and for I I think a lot of people who've played the game, at least from what I've sort of read, is when you go through the maze and it turns into Inception and Doctor Strange at the same time when like the hotel or it, it like it looks like a hotel is like bending everywhere and like opening up and closing up and and it's so cool and and you're listening to um Ati's music it's like it's like some metal song um and and you're being guided by the music and I think that that set piece is like oh they could have done this at the beginning of the game but they were waiting to really hit us with something very very cool at the end yeah I I think if anything about that scene it just made me wish that they had more of that like inception room bending mind numbing stuff throughout the whole time as you're like going through not really knowing what's up or what's down and I get like saving it to that point really makes it Mm -hmm. special it's just like that part was so cool that I want to do it more I understand. I I do understand. Pros and cons. Um, like that. That's a con. That's a con. Just because of the fact of how good the pro was. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, I just yes. Want you're like more. this is so cool. Yeah. I wanted the whole game to be this. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Did you do you like to read in games? Uh, no. I feel like I read more this in the past several weeks playing Control than I've read maybe pff, last five years my entire life. Like I've read so many documents. Uh. So like with the reading in it. I thought the mm-hmm. reading like this, I wanted to read. I've never wanted to read more in a video game. I agree. But the thing, you want it to stop me from reading? I think it's the thing that stopped me from reading. Go on. The 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 loading technology yes, technical yes, issues. Yes. Because like as much as I've, we've been speaking nice about this game, the tech, how it runs is abysmal and inexcusable. It's so bad. It is inexcusable. It's- um (laughs) so like whenever i wanted to read something it would have to like load and take me out of that screen and then bring me back to something else and then it would like chug as it tried to load the world back again and it was to the point when i'm like i could just go around this new area and read all this stuff that's interesting or i couldn't and i could just keep playing (laughs) because the thing is it adds to the lore and i think by and large reading all that stuff really informs the story and lets you know about like okay so here's specifically what's going on Mm -hmm. because obviously you get a lot of the broad stuff but here's like 
you know, here's some of the interdepartmental drama between yeah. like, you know, whoever and whoever. And that stuff is cool, but it's not necessary to the plot. No. You know, it informs the plot and it helps you understand like, oh, okay, so that's what happened here and that's what happened with this particular worker or whatever. And, and I feel a lot fact- of that stuff is meant to be right in order too. So if you miss one of them, mm-hmm. like you've, yeah. you've missed part of that story and it's even more confusing. Though I think sometimes even if you did read it chronologically, the whole point is like you're missing stuff anyway. So I don't know how much that would have helped, but. Well, with all the, the, um redacted information like yeah you're whenever i whenever there was a bunch of redacted stuff on the page i read i read it as if i was role-playing jesse as a character who was only sort of paying attention you know what i mean like like (laughs) yeah okay there's a the okay whatever fine yeah i got it you know like yeah i don't care (laughs) wasn't gonna read i wasn't gonna be able to read that anyway it was all black (laughs) um but but uh i i i think that the biggest problem is exactly what you said and that's the performance issues because even like in the fights it feels like you have a bullet time power but you don't it's just the bad performance it's load times chuggy frame rate um way too long whenever you pause and then you unpause it's like five seconds of like chugging back into loading or whatever like stuff like that's inexcusable and like we're playing this a year after this game has been released and it still has not worked still to fix some of those gonna... basic issues. Right. And, and and it feels like it's it's just sad because I think that it didn't turn me off of the game at all, but obviously even when you start it up you're like, "Oh no." <laughs> like, <laughs> oh no. But I feel like it would definitely turn other people off and like I'm not the kind of person who notices frame rate stuff Me or performance stuff yeah. really, but oh man, yeah, like it was. Oh it was gosh. to the point when when this game first came out and reviewers were talking about this. I was just kind of like, yeah, whatever, I'll be fine with it. And then I was playing it, and it reminded me of trying to like make like a good game work on my old like windows 98 computer and how it right, like, right. barely would function correctly. <laughs> and like, it felt like a victory when you got it to be running. That's how I felt playing this game. Like I was trying to like dumb down everything in order to play it. And it was just, Oh man. Oh, and, and it's a shame because again, if that, if that weren't the case, then I think this game would be like, I think a lot of people, I think a lot more people would have been talking about this game because it, it, so it came out 2019 and it was talked about for sure for a lot of game of the year stuff but i think that it got overshadowed by other things because of that that huge big problem well you know what's going to really help this game in the future uh jetpacks well you already can fly so yeah well no it, what's going to help it is that being able to play it on the next generation of consoles i'm sure that will fix all the technical issues correct sure yeah so i mean like here's the thing like just as long as you know remedy and 505 games give it to me for free because i did buy it full price at a store uh and they got a paycheck from that uh, you know i don't know exactly how much of my money is going right directly to them but you know it's like kind of i did buy it i did buy it i did buy all the dlc so um yeah, you know, I'm really excited that they're just going to give me a free Well, too upgrade. bad they're not unless you bought yeah. the Ultimate Edition. No, I didn't do that. Oops. I should have done that. I didn't know. Oops. How could I have known? So, I yeah, think, so what's, the, what's the deal with this? I Tell think the, the, the easy way to, like, to this is not, like, I, I want to be clear. Play this game. It's good. Yep. It, yes. You should play it. It's a must play, yep. I think. I agree. Um, And... It becomes really hard for me to recommend you playing it, though, on the next generation because of the whole upgrade path fiasco that's not just specific to Sony, by the way. 
No. This is an upgrade path issue that's specific to everything <laughs> that you have mm-hmm. control on and played it. So basically, if you have um, the base game and bought the DLC for it, like day one, I bought this game day one. I bought the DLC as soon as I could. I liked it so much. I will not be able to play the upgraded version on my PS5 or even my Xbox Series X. I will not be able to play it. Right. I'll be able to play the game on the next Right, it's just the base level of it, but it's going to be, be the base same. game. It's yeah. not going to be the upgraded, optimized version, which this game could sorely use. Um, and it's kind of mind-boggling when you're thinking about it. And you were kind of making the joke about how you've already spent the money, and 505, of course, would want to do that. But yeah. when this story was first coming out about how to get this game and how to play it on your PS5 and Xbox Series X, it was this huge kind of like confusing marketing thing and eventually 505 came out with a Q&A <laughs> blog like post thank you yeah trying to explain to people um about what it was you had to do in order to play the upgraded version and I, i'm not going to read the whole article because it's kind of a joke to me and very kind of like ugh. basically to sum it up if you have the ultimate version you get to upgrade to the enhanced version if you don't have the ultimate edition of control then you can only play it let uh the the i guess backwards compatible so it's not like upgraded um but the conclusion to this blog post basically said this is by 505 by the way the the yeah yeah it says in conclusion to bring control to next generation consoles in any form we had to make some difficult decisions and those came in the form of creating the simplified control ultimate edition product plan we have today that we Uh, That, we took a while in responding, does not mean we have not been listening. We are sorry we couldn't meet everyone's expectations, and we hope you'll continue to support Control. We thank you for your support thus far. You hear that. What do you think? Yeah. Here's the thing. I mean, literally right above it as well in that FAQ, it says, I own the Control base game and Season Pass. Is this not the same as Control Ultimate Edition? Because that's what comes in the in Control Ultimate Edition. And hey, that's what I have. I bought the season pass when I wanted to play the DLC. I have the base game. No, it's not. And and it just feels like it almost it, here's the thing. I have not it's been a minute since I've played a game that has been a, like that has performed this poorly for the size and the reputation that uh, of, of a studio that that Remedy has and 505 and to, you know together have. So the fact that they're like, actually, if you really want to play the game, you do have to buy this specific edition. And it doesn't, it it feels almost like they're saying, well, it doesn't really mean a lot. Your support doesn't mean a whole lot unless you're buying this new version, which sucks because I'm not going to, I'm not going to pay more again to play a game that I liked that should have been working fine when I bought it originally to play it again on the new consoles just so that it won't be, you know, a staggering mess. Yeah, I and I, I think this is this is a, a problem that I think was a very like visual one with control itself. Yeah. But I think this is gonna be a problem that that plagues a lot of games about what it means if they're getting an upgrade for it. Um, and like, it it won't just be an issue with control. It's going to be an issue of company to company. It's really easy for Xbox to talk about like smart delivery and how, you know, these games will be able to be played for free, upgraded on your Mm -hmm. Xbox series console. Um, but that doesn't control things like, like control. Like they can't 
control <laughs> i'm gonna use that word too much nah, but they can't control can. like what the 505 wants to do with this game no um and i feel like it's going to be so confusing it's confusing enough as it is what it means by that by like yeah. you know can you play it as upgraded as enhanced what is the difference even like to understand like what those differences are is right. confusing enough and then you have each game each publisher each thing having a different idea of what it means and i can understand that for, they they can be like it's not viable for us to um have the you know to upgrade this game because we, we, in order for us to do that, it's going to cost money. Then don't right. enhance it. Just no. give it the ability that when I pl I can backwards compatibility, maybe you make it load better. Right. Like do that. That's not a hard thing to do. You don't have to redo the whole game in order to make it like uh, fit to the hardware. And then if you're going to do that, that just like smacks in the face everyone who's bought this game and supported you early, played through all the technical problems with it, and still like the game and still recommend the game to people regardless. Just fix those issues. Okay, so here's the thing. All that sucks. However, the new DLC for Control, it's like Control colon AWE, is pretty cool. It is really good. I enjoyed it's, it. It's Some very cool. Good DLC. I have not, so I haven't finished it yet, um, but I am also like maybe the biggest Alan Wake fan perhaps ever, uh -oh. other than Poets of the Fall, which is the band that they keep using in all their games, um, which also have some bangers. Did, did you miss that? You're looking at me like you're totally, totally confused. No, no, I, I just, I, I said, uh-oh, because you said you're probably the biggest fan of Alan Wake. <laughs> so let's let's flash back. Okay. It's 2012. It's a good time. I am in eighth grade. And, uh, well, actually, sorry, it's 2011. So this is when Alan Wake came out. I'm in eighth grade. It's Halloween. What am I going as? Oh, I'm Alan Wake. Oh, I have that big jacket with the, like, the, the it's like got pads on the sh on the shoulders or the elbows excuse me oh i've got a black hoodie that i've zipped up oh i've got a flashlight and a big gun and do i look cool i do do i look like i'm in a costume i do not <laughs> you look uh, like you're cold <laughs> yeah, exactly exactly uh alan wake is awesome it's incredible and the fact that they i mean they, they reference alan wake a handful of times in control and just a handful of documents that you find they reference everything that happens at bright falls and and all that sort of stuff um, throughout, but the fact that they connect it in such a major way is pretty sweet. The only thing that I ask, that I would have asked, and again, I haven't finished it, but I'm, I think I'm like almost done with it. I've almost explored the whole map of that, of the, like the new floor that they added. Uh, the only problem I would say is Alan Wake's not in it that much. Mm. Uh, there's some stuff from Alan Wake that I recognized because I had to Google it. Cause I was like, do I know what that is? Mm -hmm. Um, and unfortunately he's not in it very much. Fortunately, though, they did make him look like Jake Gyllenhaal, which would be an excellent casting uh, <laughs> choice, if you ask me. But I, I love Alan Wake, and you're playing through Alan Wake right now, and you're loving it, too, and you think it's maybe the best game you've ever played in the same way that I think Alan Wake is maybe the best game I've ever played. Haven't revisited it since 2011. So I think I think part of the reason I'm not enjoying it <laughs> is... I hear, before you go on, are you about to say old games are old? Um, I mean, I could sum it up with that, but it's kind of like I'm not enjoying it as much as I could have because Remedy has gotten better at making games since they made yeah, Alan Wake. Yeah, okay. Um, That's very true. Quantum Break uh, was a better playing game than Alan Wake, um, and Control is definitely a better, minus the technical things, game to play than yeah. Alan Wake. Now, the story itself 
is interesting. I like the way they tell mm-hmm. it. I like the the spooky atmosphere of it. Like this game is for all intents and purposes. While we we were saying Control was like a like a unsettling, creepy game, this game is supposed to be a horror game. Yeah, and um, right. I think the stuff that they do in it, the kind of little jump scares they have, a lot of the everything with it is great. The story is interesting. Um, I, you know, I, I think it, it's spooky enough that I'm, I'm really kind of like, ooh, what's going to happen next? And I'm really left like it's some kind of crazy thriller in a good way. Mm-hmm. And the story is much more handholdy than Control is in terms of like letting you to like what's happening next. I think. Yes. Yes. Um, but the the gameplay of it. Is, does it not feel very good? It does not feel good. Um, the 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 movement attacks control like what you can do with it. It's not fun. Um, the uh, the character progression is non-existent. They have. I was all- gonna say, is there any? No, no. I guess <laughs> right. you get a it's nicer just, it's flashlight. Finding bigger flashlights. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But it doesn't it doesn't stick with you from level to level in the same way no. that it would if you get like an upgrade for it. The combat is really limited with what you can do. Basically, like there's you know you have your flashbangs, your flares, and your guns and your flashlight, and you have to yeah. like use the light to first weaken the enemies, and then you can kill them with your gun or just flashbang them. And like flashbangs feel real good though, don't they? It, it does. I've killed the most enemies with that besides the revolver. Yeah. But like it, it's just not the the moment-to-moment gameplay of running through the woods, which you seem to be doing 80% of that damn game, (laughs) and, like, shooting these people with your light and then hitting them with guns is just not fun. And I don't enjoy doing it the same way that I would when I was with Quantum Break, kind of exploring the world, getting the guns, doing the combat with that, and specifically Control, which I really enjoyed exploring the world with my powers Mm -hmm. and upgrading my characters and getting stronger with it. And um, in terms of the old games are old, I feel like... I. So, full stop here. I bought a, a for my first time a 4K TV. Yep. Or a 4K monitor, and I hooked up all the right things. I have my, you know, USB 2.0 4K thing and I put it in there. And what's the first thing I play? It's Alan, Alan Wake. Wake. And boy, does it look crisp, <laughs> but it looks like shit. <laughs> like yeah. it's crisp shit. And like when you're playing the game and like you go into the cutscenes, you get these like you can clearly tell they're not rendered in engine. They're like pre-done uh cutscenes. Um, and it looks so <laughs> different when you're watching the cutscenes versus playing the game. It's just like that stuff is pretty bad. And I notice all of them have Ken hands. Like they, if you really look at their hands, everyone like barely moves them. And then sometimes in a cutscene, you'll see them like holding a phone. But other than that, all the characters will just gesture like Ken. And that's part of the fact that that is an old game, right? Right, right. And I get it. But yeah, old games are old, but Remedy has gotten so much better. Sure, sure. I I have not revisited it in a while. Uh, so when I got an Xbox One, I got like the, I think I talked about this in a previous episode, I have the Quantum Break Xbox One. <laughs> where <laughs> oh, it, no. came with, it came with Quantum Break and um, a digital copy of Alan Wake. So I started it when I got that. So that was like five years ago or so. But the thing is, Quantum Break, I didn't love... Because I had to watch this stupid, like, YouTube original TV show. You know, like, I think that they, I think it's a cool idea for what they were trying to do with, you know, having this simul- this game happening at the same time of this, like, live action show. Which, you know, we sort of touched on with, you know, Dr. Darling and whoever in control and whatever. But it just, it it put the brakes on it in such a major way that I feel like if Alan Wake did, it would be sort of a similar thing. And that's why I like Alan Wake more. I also... I'm looking at it with my kid goggles on and and my or like nostalgia goggles. 
I don't know if I would want to really go back and play Alan Wake again because I did that with one of my previous favorite games, Dead Space 2. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, I loved that game when I when it first came out. I think it came out at like a similar time. I'll uh, check you while you're Dead talking S- about it. I think, <laughs> I, it I think it's like 2011. Have you played it recently? Uh, no. Have you ever played Dead Space 2? I played Dead Space 2. It was fine. All right, so here's the thing. I loved it when I was younger, and then I replayed it because it was free on gold uh, with Games with Gold for Xbox, and wow, that game is fine. It's like... And it's a good, it's a fine game, but it's not like my, I can't possibly be my favorite. And so I was like thinking about like, I told people this was the best. I told people this was my favorite game and they must've been like, okay, so that guy doesn't know fucking anything. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. What year is it? Do you have it up? Uh, it was 2011 in January. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I'm worried, I'm worried to go back because I do really, I really do like Alan Wake, but I'm sort of getting my fix, my fix of it with this, um, this control DLC. Doctor Darling, Alan Wake played by the same guy, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah, same guy. And uh, also, um, director Trench is played by uh, Thomas Zane, the poet in Alan Wake, the guy who's in the scuba suit, who's telling Alan get to the light. I'm also going to throw it Zane, out there. The, the yeah. that's also Max Payne. What? That's the actor that's the who same plays guy? Max Payne. Yeah. W- would you look at that? Yeah. Full circle. Yeah. Full uh, circle. F- full triangle. Full. Right back to the control. Upset inverted. Pyramid. Yeah. Inverted Oop, pyramid. Um, uh, have you tried to Google anything about control? It's so hard. I'd be like control. <laughs> like if you control game, it's like just brings up controllers. How do you control like, your game? Um, yeah, yeah, but like so, Alan Wake. So you're you're playing you're playing the 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 second last DLC from the AWE, right? Yep, I had to yep. stop playing it and start playing Alan Wake because I was very confused as to what was happening in that. Whenever like Alan Wake started talking, he was talking, and I was like, okay, I know this game is like ambiguous, but this is another level of ambiguity. Um, and like, I I was the darkness like, yeah, I probably got creeps within you. Yeah, I got I explored the first like like half of the mm-hmm. of the area that you get and i'm just like i gotta like step aside and i gotta understand what the hell on wake is about before i keep going because i i'm just too i have too many questions what is yeah. your experience going through that dlc knowing more about it being one of your favorite games okay so again as maybe the biggest alan wake fan in the entire world at remedy talk to me about it i'll i'll sp- i'll do whatever you need for alan wake put me in alan wake too i'll be his son james wake kind of a lovable rascal anyway uh that got away from me uh so here's the thing again as the like the biggest alan wake fan um man they're really treating me like i played it yesterday uh <laughs> they, they throw out some character names that i was like who so apparently so like they're the whole like the premise of the DLC is that you go down into the investigation sector and you are like chasing down this monster that used to be a guy, but he has been like corrupted by the darkness, which is like the enemies from Alan Wake, uh, who are not the hiss. They're different, but they seem like they'd be friends. Uh, and well, they both, they both attack me. That's for sure. And so the guy who got transformed is the psychiatrist from Alan Wake? You end up. Uh, you oh! just So you were t- you were telling me that you finished that you stopped Alan Wake and you said you're probably not going to finish it. Uh, oh, where you go I don't into know about the, that? Um, I don't feel the need to finish it. There's a difference. Got it. Got it. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. 
So you uh, you get into this like psych ward, yeah. and the psychiatrist doctor that you are like hanging out with that turns out to be super evil. Uh, he is the one who is this giant distorted monster. That and so okay, yeah. He, here's how I here's how I knew that he was the psychiatrist doctor guy. Because I had to look it up. Because I was like, did I? Like, they're talking about this guy like I know him. And I do now that I remember. But, like, they there would, it would have been great if they did, like, a real quick recap. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Saying, like, hey, here's what happened to Alan Wake. Because, to, be, um, to be honest, uh, Alan Wake isn't also the most clear. Clearer than control with the story. I was but there's say, a lot yeah. of ambiguity with it as well. Yeah. I mean, it's it's so clear that I don't remember how it ends. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like they were... well, that actually probably explains a little bit why Alan Wake's not really in it, because remember, he disappears. He sacrifices himself for... See, spoiler. Yeah. He sacrifices for himself for Alice. Is that his woman? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah uh, sacrifices himself for Alice. So basically, in order to bring her back, he has to bring himself into the darkness, more or less. That makes sense. Um <laughs> Did you play Alan Wake's American Nightmare? No, I have not. I fucking did. Oh god. Um, oh, no. I bought it. I bought There's it. There's a tone change it. and you're talking about Alan Wake here. I marathoned it the day it came out. Okay. That was uh February 2012. Good. Again, I the, I had just 4 months ago been Alan Wake for Halloween, so I was hot on the Alan Wake train. And uh, I don't remember a single part of it, but I remember that you have a nail gun and you're kind of like in the desert and you've got a little big you got a big old flannel on. Uh it's a I would I, Wait, how many, like how many la- layers are with this flannel? He has he has significantly less layers because he's in the desert. He's got like a t-shirt and like a flannel on. Okay. That's like open. Okay. That's only two. Um, yeah, I I would be interested to revisit it, but again, like I don't want to go back to it. And it turns out it's bad. Yeah, you know, especially after playing Control, which is you know like just more refined and and all that kind of stuff. Uh, here's the thing I gotta say about Alan Wake. I think yeah. I'm I'm just being overly critical to it because I still think the story mm-hmm. itself is good. I would say you got to play it again after playing Control because all the stuff we know about Control in the world, they happen in the same place, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. The, there's so many references to Alan Wake, not only with the expansion, but in the base game too, mm-hmm. that I think that the actual Control story makes... Alan Wake's Alan story Wake better. better because it answers questions in a way that, like I was saying, it doesn't like give you the actual answer. It just gives you some more like explanations without fully answering yeah. stuff. But it starts to make that world seem, it, you understand a little bit better what's happening in that world, even sure. though it's still kind of like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> and well, it, like it just, yeah. I, I think with that frame of mind, like even like not really knowing where the Alan Wake story was going when I started playing, but knowing about alter world events and objects of power, then all of a sudden I'm like, Oh, this is really cool. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it would be interesting to go back to, especially, you know, based on the documents because, okay, so what happened there is like, there's like a bunch of altered items and objects of power that are like going off all at the same time. So it's kind of like, Whoa, this was a big deal, you know? And, and obviously it's not the center point of control but there's enough documentation and stuff for them to be like hey that was crazy how do we get out of that like i can't believe the whole world didn't end from all that like whoa well actually Um, like uh alan wake the character himself was was someone who uh the bureau had like flagged for being a potential candidate for the next director as well just like jesse was so so and and like that stuff just makes it so much more cool when you start thinking about all of that stuff and all the interactions It, it just it's interesting it's very interesting so here's the thing about Alan Wake. It's very good. 
I rest my case. Um, no, there was. I would say the, I, was gonna say I, I would say the gameplay is not very good. I rest sure. my case. That's that's and, probably very true. And just the reason, like, I, I you weren't a fan of of Quantum Breaks, like the videos and stuff with it. Yeah, I felt like that was a nice break between the gameplay because again the game itself is just like kind of like like a shooter third person thing and the the thing you said it was uh, for what'd you say amazon original or youtube straight to youtube yeah it's like a it's a youtube production level tv show those reminded me of 24 100 percent it reminded me of 24 with the exception of like the jack bauer character the characters you really cared about those mm-hmm. were the ones that you took control of, <laughs> control again. But nice. you t- you played as in the actual story, like when you're when you were Sean Ashmore's character, like like mm-hmm. being like him. That was the Jack Bauer character. So I didn't care if these other characters were just like ancillary, like throwaway people. It just totally took me to that place, and I can get yeah. why some people were annoyed by that. But I really enjoyed that, and I, I even like the how they they frame it so when you're you're playing as Sean Ashmore as the main character the shooting and then you make these decisions as the bad guy Paul as Serene. the bad guys yeah that was cool that was and, cool and um for some people like my brother-in-law said like he would always choose the evil role because he was role playing as the bad guy so he was going to take mm-hmm. the worst possible option but the way that story is set up yeah, he's technically the bad guy in the story, but I thought they develop his motivation so much more than it just being he's the evil bad guy at the end because you're in his head, you see his decisions, you see the complex things that he's doing and what he's trying to accomplish. Um, I, it, it was just such an interesting story, I think, and it really made me want to like find out what happens next because the way they set it up, there's clearly a cliffhanger at the end. Like, is he really dead? We don't know. Is he coming back? We don't know. Um, I don't know if that will ever happen with the the rights to quantum break and quantum break was kind of the figurehead for uh, Microsoft's uh, failed vision of molding or melding TV and games in one uh, when they first uh, released that. So, I, I think that's one of the things that both Remedy and Microsoft are probably like, yeah, we're just going to keep moving with it without really going back. But I liked it. I was a fan. The time travel sure. stuff built time on... Time travel the, stuff is always cool. Yeah, and it built on the quantum reality. I'm probably using this this uh, incorrectly, but quantum reality, like they also play on those in Control and Alan Wake about living mm-hmm. in multiple uh, realities at once and like, you know, everything that can happen is happening. Um, yeah. And... The, the story itself, I thought, kind of took a bunch of twists and turns, even at a certain point when you think it's, you know where it's going. Mm-hmm. They do just enough of the time travel stuff to make it kind of like, ooh, I didn't see that coming at all. Um, but yeah, I can totally see you not liking it based, or n- not liking it as much as Alan Wake. But right. for me, the story with the gameplay makes it so much more fun to go through than Alan Wake is, because I'm like, I really want to see where this goes, but the thought of running through another damn forest they come up with so many reasons for him to end up back in forests. <laughs> I mean, they, they, they do that atmosphere so well, but they're like, damn, Alan, we got to fix this by running through the woods again. And it's like, why? You have to go through town. Why are you going through a forest? The, uh, the controlled DLC should have done the Alan Wake thing where she has a flash. You should have been fighting the darkness, in my opinion. Um, and you should have done the thing where you got the flashlight and you aimed on your sights and you pull the flashlight up. While also being able to use your powers, they they try to do cool. it with how you can like hold, like you can levitate hold the, light the lights, to shoot, but yeah. you can't like shoot. Then you can't fight anything. Then right. So like if you had some kind of weird like power that let you do like a light um, effect while shooting them, and that's the only way you could damage them, that'd been pretty cool. But 
it doesn't feel the, the my problem with it again i haven't finished it but my one of my problems with it is that it feels like okay so there's this alan wake darkness stuff going on but the hiss is also here <laughs> yeah and, uh, and, and like the hiss are fine enemies but like they don't why are they here you know other than the reason of they're all over the bureau but like it would have been cool to fight the darkness and really change up kind of how it's played just a little bit by just you know yeah changing up how you defeat him with the light and then okay okay now you can hit him with a big brick yeah or three desks or whatever it is um that that is that is what i would say about that hey control is a good game i will i would give it a big thumbs up and if you liked alan wake when you first played it probably don't play it again <laughs> yep i i've been like really flip-flopping back and forth should i go back play it should hey, i not guess we'll what? see I know you What's said it? you it own it. Pass? You own it, but it's on Game Pass. <laughs> yeah, sure it is. I'm sure it is. Uh, I do own it though. I have a physical copy of it too, somewhere, like a, on the Xbox 360. Well, just plug it into the Xbox One. It should work. Does it? Does that work? Yeah, I oh, think. Cool. So some games, no most idea. of them. I don't know. I know it won't work on PlayStation. Don't try it there. <laughs> no, no, no. If I did that, my PS4 would just light on fire. <laughs> It'd be like <laughs> error, error. <laughs> Oh man, oh geez! Thanks for thanks for hanging around and, and listening to us talk about Control and its subsequent DLCs and also its problems sort of upgrading to next gen. I'm sure this is not the last time that we're going to be talking about some of these next gen problems. Um, sort of an update on that. I have been really going back and forth about this whole PS5 thing. There's there was a video today published by some person who has one. Uh, it was like a like a PR thing. And uh, it looks a lot better than it does in the promotional images, which is weird. So who knows? Am I gonna am I gonna see if I can't find myself one to pre-order? Maybe. Does it matter if I get one day one? No. Might will I get one probably by the end of the year? Who's to say? It really depends on uh, supplies, how they're lasting, and uh, how long Miles Morales ends up being. Because if it's just <laughs> Miles Morales for three hours and then a hundred hours of Demon Souls. I don't know if I need that at the end of the year, sort uh, of. For what my about own. what about Astrobot? Oh, Astrobot's Astro's big Playroom. adventure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Little no, I, um... big planet. Yeah. So you're Halo. So someone infinite. So I, a friend of mine posted on Twitter like, I can't believe how good of a launch lineup this is, and it was Miles Morales, which I'll say that looks good. Good game. It was Dark uh, Demon Souls. Looks good. Uh, hey, that's a remaster of an old game. Well, that more than just a remaster, played. but well, but like yeah, like no, a graphical it's an old upgrade. Game. It's not, it's not, it's not the new game. Yeah. It's not a new game. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was Astro's Playroom, mm. and it was Sackboy's Big Adventure. And I commented, I was like, "You named one remake mm-hmm. of a game that you've already played, one expansion for a very good game that you've also already played, right. Astro's Playroom and Sackboy, and that to you." is an incredible console launch, huh? Uh, I think that more speaks on how terrible the other console launchers have been in the past. Because That's very true. I can't say that they're Killzone, wrong. Killzone something fall. Oh, come on. Uh, Nintendo Switch launched with 1-2 Switch and Breath of the Wild, and that's all you need. That is true. But also Breath of the Wild, you could already have played on your Wii U. That's Mic true. Drop. You did Mic that. Mic. I was going to say you did that a lot. <sighs> Yeah, okay. Okay. Well, hey, thanks for listening to Hitbox. It's a podcast about uh, video games. Today we talked about a game. We talked about a company. We talked about a TV show that was also a game. It was a little unclear towards the middle there. Uh, Quantum Break didn't... I I don't really remember much about it other than uh, Mary from... Mary Mary Doc Brandybuck was there. Um, 
from the Lord of the Rings. Oh, if you want to, uh, oh, how you doing? You... Is that a good? What are you talking of... about? Is that a good? I'm trying to get his accent. He, I think they have English accents. Oi, in the... governor. Yeah, I was. That's. Yeah, yeah. Do that again. I'm gonna close my eyes. All right. Okay, do it. Hello. Wow, I'm in the Shire. Thank you. I've been transported. Yep. You know, I was really working on that one. Working on a lot. Oh, I, yeah. Uh, my, who's your favorite Hobbit? Mine's the Gaffer, or Uh-oh. Thomas Proudfoot. I was gonna say Bilbo, <laughs> but I mean you can go with He's those good. ones if you want. <laughs> Yeah, proud feet. That's a deep cut Lord of the Rings reference. Uh, if you have any thoughts about Hobbits or Quantum Break or Alan Wake or Control or Stomach Ache, um, you can email us at hitboxofficialpodcast at gmail.com or you can tweet at us at hitboxpod. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to remember if official was in there. It's not. Just hit at hitboxpod on Twitter. Uh, thanks so much again seriously thank you so much for listening you have no idea just how much that it does mean to me and I'm going to speak for Justin here and say <laughs> to him as well uh, do you have anything to weigh in on that Justin do you also does it also make you feel happy it just and good? makes me smile so much with, with, I'm so with, glad to hear with happiness Justin before we wrap up can you hit me with that hitbox sound one more time oh okay here we go <clears throat> you know how I like it here we go and it's like this <clears throat> It's either and my Xbox is. Series uh, Elite Controller 2 or a really long zipper on a pair of pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just a zipper that goes from buckle to buckle. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>